a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. As most of you know, I work a little differently than most, where I work from the outside in rather than the inside out. I know that raises a lot of eyebrows when I say that, but Here's the truth. The truth is how you market yourself is crucial in who you attract, which in turn is connected to how you feel. And I hear a lot of people say to me, you know, if people don't like me for me, then forget them or F them. (laughs) I'm not changing who I am. And to which I say, it's not about changing who you are, but it's about marketing yourself so that a person gets to know who you are. And of course, I'm talking about the way you dress and the body language. Those of you who know me know that that's really what I work on a lot. But a big part of your presentation, I'm also talking about how memorable you are, how likable you are. Because your presentation, your first impressions, how you express yourself will make or break opportunities to attract both money and love. So besides helping people with their style and body language, a big part of what I teach, and a lot of people don't know this, is how they express themselves through storytelling. And I remember working with this woman who was an engineer, okay, so she's totally like left brain, highly analytical. And she wanted a little help in dressing feminine and flirting because that was a total enigma to her. So dresses were impractical. She felt uncomfortable in them and conversations were painfully boring and a big waste of time for her (laughs) because at the end of the day, like she just felt it was small talk. It was boring. She just wanted to like get down to business. So we did an all day intensive together where we went shopping. I got her some great dresses. And then we went flirting afterwards. And I I helped her find dresses that were comfortable for her, that fit her body type. And when she put it on, her whole body language changed, right? She slowed down. She appeared more feminine. And she was more sensual and had that sexy energy. And then when it was time to talk to the men, so she had the costume on. But then when it was time to talk to men... I saw what was happening. So, and I saw why the small talk was so painful for her because she spent the entire time firing Q&A sessions at the men and they were all fact-driven. And she saw, I mean, I saw the looks on the men's faces and they quickly lost interest and the conversation just died. So we did some improv storytelling techniques and helped her put her emotion and vulnerability into her conversations. And the interactions improved drastically. Like she couldn't believe how different it felt and the reactions she received. She worked on it a lot. And she actually recorded her virtual date. So we got to like fine tune it and she got to see herself. And I'm happy to say like now she flirts with ease. Men love, men love talking to her. But most importantly, like she really enjoys talking to them and she gets asked out repeatedly. So here's the thing. At the end of the day, people are attracted to you not based on what you know. 
It's not how much you know. It's how they feel when they're with you. It's your presence. So with me today is a very smart guy to help me talk about some of this stuff. He knows a thing or two about how to market yourself and attract clients in business. And to me, whether you're trying to attract more money or more love, the law of attraction, how you put yourself out there successfully works to attract both. So after running corporate events for years, he went out on his own over six years ago. His mission was to build live events and change lives. And brokenhearted and distressed, he went back to the drawing board. And I'm sure he'll share more of his story too with that. But the lesson here was that it's not about what you know how to do, but how you market it. See a theme here. And he went on to learn everything he could about marketing, filling events, and selling from stage. And so over the next several years, he was trained by some of the best in business. I'm so impressed, including Russell Brunson, Frank Kern, Dan Kennedy, just to name the few. And he is on a mission right now to help entrepreneurs, influencers, and coaches, and possibly you to find love now, grow (laughs) grow their business by showing them how they can stop competing on price and start attracting affluent clients. Steve Warner, hello. Are you there? I am. Hello. That was a great (laughs) intro. That was fun. Um, I mean, you for anyone listening, she just told an amazing story. Right. How many of you are leaning in and like, I love that. Like, that's what I want. And you felt yourself in there. That's, it was great. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad you picked that up. And I always start with a story. You know, I was speaking at a conference uh, last week. It was my first in-person conference. It felt so good to be amongst humans. I was like so energized. And I said to the audience, I said, you know, you might remember some of the things I'm teaching you, but you will remember my story. If nothing else, you'll remember my red dress and my story. (laughs) And everyone was like nodding because really, I mean, that's why I love what you're teaching and really excited about this conversation. So anyway, Steve, like share more of your story. Enough about me. Sure. I'll, I'll give the very short version. Um, What stuck out to me is exactly what you said. The parallel between what I teach for marketing businesses is the same parallel you teach about relationships. It's the same parable that uh, Dale Carnegie taught in how to win friends and influence people. It goes across every, every asset of life. Like what you put out, it's not about like the things that you do, the microscopic details and the facts. It's about how people react to you. Do people know, like, and trust you? If they know, like, and trust you, they'll want to date you. They'll want to do business with you. They'll want to be around you. And that's really not like 99% of anything is, do I know, like, and trust this person? We always ask that when we meet somebody, right? At a cocktail party or at a networking event or at a live event, we always, what's the first thing you ask yourself? Do I like this person? Do they get me? Is this somebody that I want to be around? And if you answer yes to those, then, then the conversation can continue. If you answer no to that within the first five seconds, you might nod your head and give a friendly smile, and then you're going to walk away. So the to answer your question, I guess, my backstory, I, I really wanted to hold live events. I went to a Tony Robbins event, and I was like, yes, that is going to be me. <laughs> um, I, had, uh, I had a background in being in front of people. At the time, I managed a fine dining restaurant. I was the maitre d'. So I had, I, it was all about building relationships with 
uh, at the time, very high net worth individuals and building a dining experience for them. We did a lot of repeat business. Um, our average uh, customer spend for somebody who came into the restaurant was around $600 per dinner. Um, so it was a pretty high-end oh, wow. yeah. experience. Um, before that, I had worked at one of the uh, top five restaurants in the world. Um, but I decided I wanted to hold live events. So I moved to Las Vegas. I rented a huge space. I spent a whole bunch of money and nobody bought. Um, I sold two tickets to a 1500 person event. I had the speakers lined up. Um, All of it was ready to go. And this was like my hopes and dreams, right? I had liquidated my 401k. Um, I'd spent a lot of my savings, um, but it didn't work. And I was left scratching my head and I had. It was a really, really interesting crux in like my history because I had like the choice. I had a headhunting offer on the table. I had several headhunters that were contacting me with six-figure offers to go back into the restaurant industry um, because I was very good at that part of it. I was good at connecting to people. I was good at telling stories. I was good at making people feel amazing coming in, spend money. Um, but I, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And I think I, like universally across everyone like there are those moments when like the universe tests you like is this really what you want to do and you have to make a decision and like put your foot down and say yes i am doing x and um uh, that's what i had to do i had to move into a friend's utility room uh it wasn't even a bedroom it was an eight by nine room that the bed barely fit in um i had to go back to the drawing board the short version um, was that I learned that marketing is really about telling stories. It's about connecting with people. What I had started with and the reason that event failed is because I listed all these facts mm-hmm. on the website and in the marketing, but nobody buys facts. They buy the story. Is this going to get me what I want? People are interested in what is in it for them always. Even in a relationship, they are a hundred percent. What's in this for me, right? What am I going to get out of this? If I make myself vulnerable, if I put myself into this relationship and I give into it, what am I going to get out of it? Am I going to get the love? Am I going to get the security? Am I going to get the feelings that I ultimately want out of it? Um, I've done a lot of work in NLP and personal development, so I can talk to some to that, but that's, that's what I had to learn in marketing. Um, over the next, so that was 2014. Over the next uh, seven years, I held more than 60 events, 40 for myself, 20 for clients. I worked as a mar- marketing consultant. Uh, but the main thing that I teach people behind all the event stuff is you have to tell stories on stage. It's telling mm-hmm. stories from stage, telling stories in person through yeah. emails gets people to connect with you. Um, and that's that's kind of the core we can we can talk about flirting and some relationship stuff but that's if you if you tell great stories people will come to you and i don't i i want to give you a chance to talk but there you said something in the intro that really really triggered me the engineer woman that you were talking about oh yeah mm-hmm. was interested in facts right and you said like people, people say, you know, well, if they don't like me for me, then fuck them. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh like, no, you're good. Them. Okay. Like, screw them. <laughs> Better you than um, me saying that. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I remember hearing that. And like, I remember thinking that in high school and some in college, and I guess probably some in my adult life. But the, the thing is, it's not about changing who you are. It's about putting your best foot forward. 
Yeah. That's all it is about. And like, we all want people to see the best side of us. The reason that that comes up is like, we all want to feel special. We all want to feel like we're unique. That starts inside of you. That does not start with the other person. When you put your best foot forward and you say, this is who I am. And like, I like they're, I'm talkative. I love talking about business. I don't watch TV. Like these are, these are quirks that like, I know myself and they will repel some people and attract other people. That's fine. But putting the best version of myself forward is, is really what it's about. And the engineer lady that you were speaking to, she had, she had great stuff inside of her. She just doesn't like small talk. She just wants to feel valuable. And she's, she's also defaulting to what does an engineer do all day? Is this going to work? They're problem solving. So her mental paradigm was I'm going to problem solve. and I'm going to ask these guys a bunch of questions. And dudes are like, like the first time somebody (laughs) asked me a bunch of questions, I'm like, does she just want me to fix everything? Like, this isn't fun. This is not relaxing. Yeah. The guy's eyes were literally like rolling back behind their head. Like they had no clue what she was talking about, but you know, to your point, and this is so true is that people default back to what they know. I mean, that's what confidence is, right? Like we all have the default button back to what we know. And confidence to me is experience, right? So her experience was, yeah, like being analytical served her in business. So she's like, all right, well, I'll do that over here and the love. And it just wasn't working. And so I was also trying to help her see how these skills that I taught her, you know, with the flirting and the storytelling and being feminine and using that as her power could really even serve her in business and friendships and in all aspects of life. So it's not just one area because she was compartmentalizing it all. Too, yeah. which I think is interesting. And I know that you speak to that as well. Cause I was, I was wondering, like for you, when you teach people, like what are some of the fundamental kind of rules or like where can someone get started to really like market themselves well? Sure. Um, Kim, that's a great question. So, I mean, what do you like? Think about what you like Mm. and then think about a story that accentuates it. Because if you tell somebody something, one they feel like they're being told something. So what's the first thing I do if I tell you, um, I don't know, like the marketing story that I use is if somebody tells you, uh, you should eat more red meat or you should eat more protein. Our mind immediately wants to say, I'm special. That may or may not be true for me. I'm trying to pick apart an argument. So in a relationship thing, if I say, I like to talk a lot, which I said earlier, right? People are like, ooh, I don't know if I like that. But if instead I lead with a story about that, that gets people to realize whether or not they're interested in it. So if I tell a story about, you know, when I go to a cocktail party, I always love to entertain people and I love to tell people great stories that have them leaning on the edge of their seats and get the drama involved, get them sweating a little bit and then get them to laugh at the end. People are like, oh, I like that guy, right? It's a completely different thing. So if she, going back to your your woman, if she, she, I think one of the reasons that we lead with what we're confident in as well is because we want to, we want people to realize our genius. So she was probably so true. Yeah, going with, look, I'm super analytical, I'm super fact driven, I'm very good at my job, and all the dudes were saying was like, this isn't fun. Like, I just want to have a cocktail and like hang out. Totally. (laughs) So 
if yeah. she would instead lead with a story about like, I'll talk about work on dates. Some people won't. Um, but if she wants to talk about that, she needs to instead tell a story about how she solved a great problem and did something awesome at work and how like that changed something that's entertaining, right? Like you can tell a movie story, take your favorite movie, whatever it is, you can tell it in a dry, boring way, or you can add in a lot of interesting tidbits and have some drama. So Pick what you like to answer your question Mm -hmm. succinctly and give Mm -hmm. it like a bullet point framework you can follow. Pick what you like and pick a story that highlights that thing, whatever that is. And start with that, like start with a story and include the other person. This is the other key thing with storytelling. If you Mm -hmm. notice like that, we just went back through a bunch of stories. I, I ask, Hey, does that make sense to you? Like, have you ever been in that? Like, have you seen something like that happen? Include the other person. Don't love that. Yep. Just make it one-sided. Yeah. Those would be two yeah. really easy things. Those are awesome. Those are really, really good. You know, I, I do a, an improv game with people. I have an improv background, if you know that. But that's at least a prescription that I give all my clients. You have to take an improv class and you have to take salsa dancing. Like, it's just like, it's a prerequisite. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and and I'll throw out a word and then I have those people tell a story based on something that happened to them on that word. But to your point, so many people will just say like a little bit, like they'll just like maybe give me this much about that word. And I love what you just said, because really it's about expansion, you know, like it's about creating an emotion out of that word. And so feeling words is also something I think is really important, you know, like in storytelling. And I, I can hear that you do that too, naturally. And I think getting out of that fact, like left brain thought and talk into more of the feeling based part of the story also, I think connects people. Like, do you find that as well? For sure. Um, the, okay. So what I tell people is when you're starting, this is more of a stage technique, but it works great. Um, it works great if you have kids. It works great if you're if you are like having that first conversation with a woman or a man that you're trying to attract, like somebody in a club, somebody at a cocktail party. So always this is this is an NLP technique, but it works yeah. incredibly well. And it it goes just to what you're saying. So how do you invoke emotion, right? I can tell you this morning I had a spinach omelet that was amazing for breakfast, or I can tell you I had, I made an omelet with sauteed garlic spinach that was super hot in the oil. I put it in, I melted cheddar cheese over it. And when I cut it, it got all stringy. I could smell it from across the room and I couldn't help but eat it. I also had some hash browns with that that were sizzling. I'm adding in descriptive words, and authors do this. When you start describing something, if you like a spinach omelet with cheddar cheese, your mouth is probably watering a little bit right now. When I describe, (laughs) when you describe, you can see me drooling. (laughs) When you describe something in detail and use sensory words, right? Touch, taste, sound, hearing, smell. When you use those descriptors, the person that you're talking to's brain will instantly start to pay attention to you. So this is great if you have kids and you're listening to this. I don't have kids, um, but I've done this. Well, I learned this in restaurants. When kids were misbehaving, 
and they maybe they weren't misbehaving, maybe they weren't crying, maybe they were. If I grab their attention by describing something, and it could be asking them. So I worked at Vale, so I worked on the mountain, right? I would ask them, "Hey, did you guys go down the tree run today with the big fluffy snow and that that pine tree over there that's drooping over? Did you enjoy <laughs> the bright sunshine?" Just by saying those words, they would imagine it. And when they imagine it, they could no longer be in the other state, which was running around, crying, whatever it was. The same thing goes when you're somewhere talking to somebody. If you start with a description, and the thing is, you can't be like, hey, how are you doing? And then go into it. Just start describing it. Yes. Yes. They will immediately pay attention to you. Um, And now you have... so. Like they're not going to pay attention to you forever. Now you have 10 to 15 seconds to move the conversation where you want it to go. So you can start. So if I'm using that egg story, I've used that a few times, right? If I'm talking about the omelet that I made, I can then go, you know, do you like going out for breakfast? Because I love going out for brunch. I'd love to cook you some breakfast. There you go. We could go out for brunch first. Maybe that's a better (laughs) first step. People are like, exactly. Like works great. That's awesome. You know, what's so good too about storytelling is I feel like it breaks barriers. You know, I think one of the hardest things when you're first meeting somebody on a date or a social event, it's that stiffness in the beginning where everyone does those like common questions. Hi, how are you today? What brings you here? You know, and and it's like so boring. But if you enter a conversation with a story Bam, like you're you're off to the races. And it and it actually reduces anxiety, I feel, socially when people do that because it becomes more of that human, you know, connection, well, so to speak. I'll I'll give you one more that I'm this is a dating thing that I have found. It, it works well in business uh-huh. as well. And that's to be vulnerable in your story. You yes. don't have to, you don't have to. You don't want to end a mess, right? You don't want to be Britney Spears shaving your head, having a meltdown. Right. If, you, if something bad is going on, you don't want to. You don't want to end on the vulnerable. You want to. You can be vulnerable in your story and come out the victor or solving whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be like you don't need to be. If you're bragging or boastful, it's probably not going to be a good story and definitely not going to yeah. end well on a date. It doesn't end well in business either. But if you start by saying, I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to figure it out. I mean, if you go back to my story, I fell flat on my face. I burned through 30K, my 401K. Like, yeah, I'd move into a friend's spare bedroom that wasn't a bedroom. It was a utility room that should have had a washer and dryer in it. Like, that's being vulnerable and letting you see my scars. And some of the stuff that that's like in my background, right? You let people see some of the skeletons a little bit, and then you people know you're real. They will trust you more, and they understand. Like, okay, I I, I can I can like I can connect with this person. The if if you've ever heard like when Superman first came out, they didn't have kryptonite for Superman. And oh, really? four months, yeah, four months into the comic, it was dying because he was too perfect and no one could relate. There oh was my God, no I didn't re- know that. That's yeah, awesome. You, you can go back if you Google it, there's a whole yeah. bunch of like talk about it. They didn't know what to do because they they at the time they were like, we're gonna create the superhero that has everything. But if you look like when they saw that, they put it out and they were like, this is gonna be great. And people bought it at first, and then they fell off very quickly. Like it was like 
straight down. And they started doing some market research and everyone said, we can't connect. So when they changed him to, he's a bumbling idiot during the day that is super good looking, but has to hide behind glasses and doesn't know how to talk to people. Everyone suddenly was like, I'm Superman. I feel that way in my personal life, but I have that moment when I rip off the clothes and I am amazing and everyone can connect. That is super awesome. I, I didn't know that about Superman. That, that's that's a fun tidbit. Well, it's like the hero's journey, right? Joseph Campbell's Same. book. Yeah. Like it's all the, you know, kind of like we we connect with that authentic story because then we don't feel like we're the only ones that have had bad things yeah. happen to us. But I want to talk about the vulnerability piece. And that's why I, like, I, I love you and the connection because it's like we speak the same language. I literally was going to talk about the vulnerability piece. And what I hear a lot of my clients say is they don't understand what vulnerability means. Like a lot of times they interpret it as TMI. Like, oh, I don't want to go on a date and just like feel like, oh, I'm just barfing all this stuff about me. And and it's it's not about that. And I think your example was so brilliant. And you know, I was talking to a client the other day and she had an embarrassing story. And I I think embarrassing stories actually work really, really well because that's adorable. Like we've all been there, done that. And and she's like, Well, I don't want to come across as something that like like that's embarrassing because that was her problem. Like she was trying to be too perfect, you know, for the guy. I said, actually, I think by you sharing a vulnerable moment, an embarrassing moment will make you more human. And I think a guy would love that. So, and and so I had her tell her story because I was sharing my story about how I fell when I was skiing and everybody was clapping. And it was the same story as hers almost. And she's like, you told that story? I'm like, a zillion times. And everyone loves it because everyone's fallen, you know? And so, yeah, like, I think that's really important distinction, like how you described it. The something I want to touch on, because I, I hear this a lot as well. Yeah. Um, working with business owners, I always tell business owners to be transparent about some of their flaws. Um, I want to come back, remind me about Sherlock Holmes. I'll circle okay. back to that in a second. The, the thing with being vulnerable, nobody wants a hot mess. If you're going to be vulnerable, when you told yes. the skiing story, right? You fell, everybody's clapping, but you know what? I went up and I got home with my day and I laughed at myself. I went down and had a great cocktail. That shows confidence. Yes. Not being a hot mess. If yes. you would have said, I fell down and oh my goodness, and waterworks start, the dude's going to be like, uh, nope, you can't handle yourself. Right. Like you're That's not, a good distinction. Yes. Yes. Nobody wants like, I, I, since we're talking about dating, I've gone on a lot of first dates. I went on a blind date salsa dancing. We can talk about that later. Oh my God. Did you go to improv after? Like what? No, no improv. <laughs> we did do an improv class, but that's a, the, um, I, I, like one of these dates I went on, I'm trying to remember, I had a girl tell me all about like her ex and how it was oh, a mess and like no. a meltdown. Right. Like that's not inspiring confidence. And that is TMI. Yes, but it is. Telling something that makes you vulnerable is, you know, it's something that anyone can understand. And what you need to show, the difference between the Britney Spears meltdown and the success, like I was vulnerable, but I, I came out of it okay. I figured it out. You have to have figured it out and handled it in a way. 
it doesn't have to make you look like a rock star. You didn't get up from your skiing accident and suddenly go down like a double black diamond and, you know, tear it up and get to the bottom and be an Olympic gold medalist. But I did. No, I was just kidding. <laughs> I was like, wow, maybe wouldn't that be something? No, I'm just kidding. But you got up and you were like, whatever, <laughs> and you went on with your life, and you're a whole person. That's yes. what people want to see. Like, that's the normal thing, right? Everybody, everybody, everybody struggles with stuff. We are all human, and nobody, anyone who, if you're around somebody that seems too perfect, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to call bullshit, and you're going to be like, that person's not real, which means you don't want to spend time with them, or you're going to see yourself as less than that person. So this happens Mm, sometimes in business, but I think definitely in relationships where you're dating that person that never lets their guard down and you're never going to be able, no one will be able to have an emotional connection to you. And if you don't have the emotional connection, your relationship is going to have no legs. You're going to go on two or three dates. They're going to be like, that person was amazing. I'm trying to think if like, you know how it comes out? They come back and they say, I just didn't feel the chemistry. That, yep. That's how it gets. And people can't put their finger on it. But it's th- this very thing that we're talking about. I just, I love this conversation because it's so crucial and important and often missed. Like people don't understand what this all kind of feels like and looks like. And yeah, that is the missing piece for a lot of people. So guys, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this. Guys have a really hard time with the idea of chemistry because we're, we're pretty fact based and logical. And we're like, it's, it's different for women for sure. But I will tell you, like guys would say, I want the perfect woman, whatever that is, right? Like they have that idea, but if they don't connect with you and if they don't feel Mm -hmm. like if they either feel like you're a hot mess and super drama, they're going to run away. Or if they feel like there is just no connection, like every guy says like sex is the main driver, right? So they're like, I want great sex. But Mm -hmm. outside of sex, if there's nothing in the relationship, it's not going to have legs either. What they, what guys are looking for is support and somebody who gets them. Because at the end of the day, guys put up a, a, a level that's like, this is like, I'm driven. I'm doing X, right? Like whether it's their job or their hobbies, like guys are, are one track mind. Like I'm doing this, then I'm doing this. We have boxes in our head and we need somebody that we feel understands that that's our version of like vulnerability, right? Like we need somebody who gets that stuff. And if they get that, then we're going to feel quote chemistry. Women are a little bit different and that there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, whatever, yeah, I just had Books John Gray on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. The um but guys don't want somebody that is just one dimensional. They want to know that there's stuff there, but they also want to know that if you are going to be if you're going to be vulnerable that they can either support you in it or that you can be confident to overcome it. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I think hearing it from the horse's mouth is so powerful. Like, you know, like I can tell the ladies, you listening lady, and you know who you are. When you just said that, I mean, I I hope it's landing with everyone because I think also as women, we get so caught up in, so we're just the opposite of simplicity. We're so complex, right? Like we, and we have a zillion stories in our head. Like we already when we meet you, we have already forecasted the Cinderella story. I just want you to know. Like, we have the ending of the book. And I keep telling my ladies, I said, no, we're 
just at the beginning of the story, just say hi. He just wants to feel like he likes you, <laughs> you know, like, and, mm-hmm. and that is where the storytelling and just having fun and being playful comes in. It's so important. I mean, being playful is the number one thing that you can do um, to make the guy have fun. The guy, guys don't. So this is a really interesting, do you know who Dr. Glover is? Of course I had him on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. So Dr. Glover is amazing. He's great. Um, I've talked to him a couple of times. Me too. Yeah. He's okay. So he had this theory that he laid out for me and it is 100% true. If I'm restating something from an older podcast, you can stop me, but he has this idea and it's women need drama and activity. Now there's positive drama, which is I have a lot going on and I'm moving all over the place and I'm doing things, or they can create some negative drama as well. They just need that. Guys, on the other hand, want it to be drama. (laughs) We want to be going straight at whatever, and we want as little drama as possible. Now where we meet in the middle is fun playful interaction, right? Guys, when you're, when you're meeting a guy on a date, the last thing he wants to hear is like, because we're so straight and driven. If you dump, like, I know there's a lot going on. I grew up with three sisters. There's a lot going on in your heads. If you just start dumping, 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 dump, like the guy is going to get overwhelmed because he doesn't have enough boxes to put all the shit in and like compartmentalize it and like see a straight way through it. The other thing that he's going to try to do is solve your problems. Yes, I know like women just want to be heard. Guys want to fix things. That's we're a hammer. Like we fix. So like you need to come into it with like understanding that a little bit, no matter what you do to a guy, if you take away his ability to fix something sometime, you're going to demasculate him and he's going to be, you're, you're going to lose any attraction for him. If you dump too much on him, he's going to shut down because he can't handle all of it. So that's from, from a guy's perspective, like that's what happens. If you see the guy's eyes glaze over. Yeah. Wait, ladies, what he just said, like, this is, this is what is more accurate than what you think is dumbing down. So women hear this sometimes and they think, oh, well, a guy just wants me to be dumb or dumbed down. Oh. And it's not about that. It is, it's a, it's about like what you're just saying. It's, a, it's just more about simplicity and, you know, not dumping as you said. And I, well, I, I love that. <laughs> I mean, women, women want, like you guys thrive on when women in their feminine energy thrive on having a lot of stuff going on and like a lot of interactions and like thinking about one girl I dated, I remember she got a text message from somebody. Right. And it was like, they were trying to plan a bike ride and they, the girl wouldn't give her like, are we going at eight? Are we going at eight 30? She's not answering me. What do you think I should write in this text message? And I was like, well, instead of just saying a guy would just be like, we're going at eight. Right. End of story. Right. (laughs) But instead they're going back and forth for like 45 minutes trying to plan this out. Well, are you going to have time for coffee? Do you want to go at eight 45? Do you think the sun will be brighter? That's like, that's the women's drama piece that I'm talking about to them. That's positive drama to a guy. That's just like, what, but what does a guy do? Hey, cool. This is what I would do, but go ahead and talk to me about it. I don't know. Let's answer it. Let's think about it. You guys have like 80 of those things going on at once. To a guy, we would never do that. Like we would be like, nope, I'm just not going. I'm not like that. That is off. 
Like, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> I, I want to go like do X. Right. Um, but it really, I mean, all of this comes down to communication. Um, if you when to, to put it in terms for your listeners, like guys don't want you to dumb down anything. They just want to be able to like, we like that straight line thing. Like we like quiet. We like, we like to like hang out and have a conversation about one thing, but Sometimes. But make sure you're telling a story while you're telling that one thing. <laughs> it could just be and that's like, it. That's it. Yeah. It, it could just be all over. And guys don't get, and, and like the number one thing, what, what do women say? I wish, I wish you would show more emotion. I wish you'd be more emotional. I wish you'd be, <laughs> guys just don't like, we're, we're not, I, I, I've had this discussion a lot with my sisters over the years. It's not that we don't feel emotions. We just don't feel emotions to the extreme that women do for the most part. And that's, that is, that keeps us, that, that allows us to be driven on our thing, right? Like what, whatever that thing is that we are going to do, if we let emotion distract us too much, we can't complete it. So it becomes a, it's just from birth. That is what it is. Can can we be a little bit more in touch? Sure. But it, it would take away from our masculinity. What is attractive about a masculine guy, right? He's solid. He has a very firm, like framework. This is what he is doing. And that's, what's attractive, right? It's, it's opposites attract, right? Yes. There's something in the middle that works. I hope I'm not being too far out there. I think, I think you're understanding what I'm saying. I totally get, I mean, I, we just need to have you back and we'll do part two, but, um, <laughs> I think, but come full circle. That's why I love storytelling so much because of what you're saying in that a guy can, can still feel emotions through the senses of a story. And that's yeah. going to get translated as feelings, as chemistry. And, and I, and that works yes. both ways. It works for men. It works for women. Well, th- speaking about all over the place, I wanted to bring you back to Sherlock Holmes. I didn't forget. Got it. Okay. So <laughs> uh, this yeah. is, this is the difference to, to Superman. So Sherlock oh. Holmes was created they gave him the archetype. They followed the, uh, the hero with a thousand faces, right? Like it's uh-huh. that same archetype. But if you look at Sherlock Holmes, he had a fatal flaw. And his fatal flaw, if you, if you don't know, he was addicted to opium. Oh, so, I didn't know that. What? Yeah. I'm the, learning so much from kryptonite to opium. What? <laughs> so I want to, I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. Did you ever watch the show House? No, I didn't. Okay. I'm not a big TV watcher, but I know this is a marketing lesson. For those of you out there who have ever watched the show House, House was directly built in two hours. They looked at Sherlock Holmes, took his archetype and said, how can we apply this to modern day television? And they built a show called House from Holmes. They gave him incredible detective skills that always blew somebody's mind. He was kind of an asshole, very similar to Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. And they gave him a fatal flaw in that he was addicted to heroin. Same thing, but it makes the character interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw one more thing out there. This, um, this is like, 
this comes from guys dating stuff, but the, how many of you have been attracted to a guy and you're, you know, that it's not the right relationship, but you still can't help yourself. You either want to fix him or help him. You can't figure it out, but there's something there. And usually it has to do with some kind of fatal flaw. That's this is true. And this, and this is the other like conversation that I have with the women is that if they can't change the flaws, they can't change the guys, but if they're not liking who they're attracting, then they got to change the way they are going at it and themselves to change the result. Cause it's true. Like, cause like women who are fixers and like to help and they tend to attract those kind of lopsided you know, relationships. So that's where we're going to get into all this other stuff. But, oh, Steve, I could go on and on with you. <laughs> I just realized, oh my God, we're still talking. See, this is a good date. Um, where can people find you? And do you have any like last, you know, words of wisdom as we part? Sure. Um, people can connect with me if you go to steve, S-T-E-V-E dot cash, C-A-S-H. Uh, that will forward you to my website. You can learn a little bit more about me there. You can connect with me on social media. I am only on Facebook. Um, Stephen Philip Warner, that will get to me. Um, the I'm trying to think. There was one other one other piece that I wanted to bring up. It had something to do with a date. I can't remember what it was, but there's there like this is a really really fun conversation. Um, Telling, tell stories, be involved, be vulnerable. I think all of those things will serve you incredibly well. Um, and you'll have more fun on your dates. I mean, right? make it fun. That's yeah. if it's not fun, like you're, you're not, if it's, if it's not fun, you're not going to enjoy it. You're probably not going to attract the right person. Um, it really does start inside of you. Like it is not ever the other person. It is always, always you. Like whatever you're attracting is what yes. you're putting out into the universe. Um, I, that's, I'll leave it there, but we yeah. could, uh, well sure said. we could have another conversation. Yeah, no, well said. And that really is why storytelling can be such a tool to empower yourself and to not be reactive and go at dating in a reactive way, but a proactive way. Because when you show up like that, it's amazing the energy that will get created with the person that you meet. And I always tell people like, whatever happened, just date yourself, like show up and have fun yourself. Like even if the, the person's a bore, like at least you'll have fun with yourself. So it is. It's all about you. So Steve, thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and maybe we'll have you back on. <laughs> hey, no problem. Um, I would love to come back on if they're, yeah, it would be super fun. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. So thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And when listening to this, you realize that you are having some anxiety around being social and getting back out there. I have two opportunities for you. First, Hop on a free call with me personally by clicking the link you see in the show notes to book it. Second, and this is something new, 
I am releasing a free video series called Awaken Your Feminine Energy, and this is to energize your sexy confidence. All you have to do is sign up by clicking the link you see in the show notes, and you'll start receiving my videos and actionable tips and exercises around topics like body language, conversation techniques, flirting, and a lot more. So all you have to do is click, sign up, and remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.